Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Tonight again, we're finishing our series on home improvement, our home improvement series tonight. And tonight we're talking about building better families. And as we are talking tonight and sharing about building better families, we're going to be going to the book of Genesis in the first chapter. And then uh, as we continue, we'll be reading from Ephesians, the first chapter. But uh, let me share with you something that, that, that I believe is important. Okay? There is something that is called even though it is not, but it is called the law of first mention, okay? It's not a law, and that phrase is never written anywhere in the Bible, but it, it lends itself uh, to the consideration that the very first time God mentions something, we can gain a lot of God's intent and a lot of, of information about any subject if we will go back and look at the first time he mentioned it, okay? Now, many of the things, and in fact, the doctrines of the church, you can find these in the book of Genesis, for example. And in the first five books of the Bible, God mentions basically everything, okay? And then later on, he may actually expound on it. Even though it's not a law, and even though I would venture to say that it is not a, a, a strict, uh, finite, God doesn't have to do it that way, nonetheless, I have found it very consistent that when I want to know about something, I can go back and look uh, at the first time that God introduced that, the first time that God introduced redemption, the first time God in, uh, introduced himself as a sacrifice, you know, with Isaac on the, on, you know, on, on, on the mountain, with Abraham, the father. You know, you reading into that, you can see that, that you know, Isaac was, a, was in his early 30s. Isaac carried the wood up the hill the hill was, was uh, you know, Mount Moriah, upon which sets Mount Calvary. And, you know, uh, 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 there uh, an altar was made by the father. And the father, uh, you know, uh, 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 kept the knife in his own hand. I mean, you can read so much into that very first experience. And, and the father, you know, told the son, you know, that, that God will provide himself a sacrifice, uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, you know... Uh, my, just, you can just read so much into that very first time that that was mentioned. Uh, I believe that that is the general, uh, that is the general understanding and the general outcome of my studies. And so tonight we're talking about building better families. And I want to take us back not just to the law of first mention, but to the very first chapter of the Bible. Because I also believe that the things that God mentioned very first are perhaps the most important. For example, in Genesis, the first chapter in verse 1, it's very important to, to know that God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, that establishes God as the creator. 
And then the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. And that, that leads us to understand that sometimes even the things that God makes, he's not happy with. That, you know, even God had trouble in the beginning. The earth was without form and void and darkness. God, the Bible says God is light and in him is no darkness. So we know that, that if from the very beginning, God was having trouble with darkness. From the very beginning, God, uh, God was having to deal with problems. No doubt, problems he did not create, but problems he felt responsible for. This many times happens in our life. You know, sometimes whenever I'm going through a difficult problem, I will go back to the book of Genesis and begin reading. Because I want to see what God did in the very beginning. Because he is God, and here he's having some problems with something that he created. It is dark and void and empty and has no form. It's chaotic. You ever feel like your life was chaotic? Well, you know, that's, you know. And then... What he did is the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. God got closer to the problem. He didn't run from the problem. He got closer. This teaches me how God deals with problems. And how I, if I want to be like God, how I should deal with problems. That's one of the, one of the things that led me to realize that you can't even change a, a flat tire or a hairstyle without getting closer to it. You know? You have to get closer to a problem. If you want to change it. Now, if you just want to get away from it, then you know, God could have drop kicked the earth into oblivion. Okay? He could have done anything he wanted. But you see, by choice, God chose to give the earth another chance. Parenthetically, I believe that was probably the fifth chance he gave it. The fourth or fifth. We won't get into that, but I think there's reasonable conjecture here. You know, because then Noah again, and then, you know, uh, and then, you know, uh, Jesus in the millennial reign, uh, you know, and, uh, and then a new heaven and a new earth, you know, that will be the eighth one in my theory, the gospel according to Hezekiah and Pastor Ron. Okay, so in the very beginning, God saw it was not good for humans to be alone, lonely, without family. That's what he decided. That's Genesis 2.18, okay? Adam and God looked around in the animal kingdom. You can read it for, for someone compatible to him. But the Bible says, yet there was not found a mate for Adam. There was not found someone who was compatible for him. You know, and God never intended for mankind to live without family, even though he was their father. But God never intended for his relationship with man to take the place of man's relationship with man. So that is in the very, very beginning. Family is in the very, very beginning. You see, when God could have made himself known to us in the image of anything, he could have been the sun, he could have been Jupiter, he could have been, you know, um, fire, he could have been lightning, he could have been, you know, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, velociraptor. <laughs> whatever that is. 
He could have been anything he wanted to be. He chose to reveal himself to us as a father. And that is the only thing that God has ever revealed about himself and what he wants. That's all. You don't know anything else that God wants outside of his efforts to be your father. He didn't choose to, to, to reveal anything else. Redemption is only in his efforts to be our father. You know, uh, 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 forgiveness, uh, salvation, those are only in line so that God, so that we can become a child of God. Everything he did from, from sending Jesus on the cross to defeating the devil was for family. Everything he did was to have family. And he not only wants family for himself throughout eternity, he wants us to have family. You know, uh, the psalmist said in Psalm 68 that God sets the solitary in families. Family. And tonight we're talking about building better families. This is what God is trying to do. You see, God ordained the family before he ever ordained the church. The family is more important than the church. Okay? Uh, please don't misunderstand me, and I don't want to diss the bride of Christ, okay? I'm not, I'm not dating the girlfriend of Jesus. I am committed to the bride of Christ, okay? <laughs> and uh, and, and I, 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 I wouldn't say anything against, but I'm telling you that, that family was first. Once I was asked uh, on a talk show how difficult was it in your life raising children, but juggling between your responsibilities at the church and, and your responsibilities as a parent? How difficult was it juggling family and church? And I said, well, and I had never even, never had to answer that question before. And when asked that question, uh, you know, it, it just came to me and, 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 it's, and it's settled in me ever since that, that, you know, it was no struggle. We never wrestled with it. What I did as a parent and what we did as parents, we made family number one. Family held the number one priority in our life. And then the number one priority of our family was church. Uh, make no mistake, family first. And our family's first responsibility was to build the family of God. Okay. Does that make sense? And uh, that's the way it worked. And it never was a struggle. It never was a confusion. It never, we, we, we never had an argument or a frustration or a, a, you know, fussing about it. We just made our family number one priority, and we made the number one priority of our family God's family uh, because we understood that that's, that was going to best secure our family. So in the book of Genesis chapter 1, uh, and, and, and uh, tonight talking about building better families, uh, verse 26, the Bible tells us about God uh, creating man. And he says, then God said, let us create man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. You see, God created a family. And God blessed this family. And God said to this family, 
Here are, 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 are God's original instructions to the family. Be fruitful and multiply. Okay? Uh, God, 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 God wants our family to, 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 to uh, expand, and in fact, expand for generations. You wouldn't be here if your family had not done this. Think about it. Uh, I was asked the question the other day, uh, a, a, a genealogical question, ancestry question, uh, and I don't know. I just popped out of my imagination. Someone must have thought that I might know. I don't. Uh, but, uh, and I haven't figured it out since. But how many ancestors do you have? How many people did it take procreating in order for you to be here today? You see, it couldn't have been done without family. It had never been done without a mom and a dad and children. It, that's, 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 that's how it was done since Adam and Eve. Okay? That's because this was God's will to grow family and for families to have families. So here's what I said. It's got to be probably two to the 70th power at least. Okay? Because of the generations. Maybe two to the 80th power. I don't know what that is. I got just a little bit of a headache trying to think about it later. And I just, you know, just to kind of push it away. Uh, but imagine how many people singularly and individually were born and grew up and went through a family experience, some family experience, even if it was lack of family experience. And imagine how many of them then uh, procreated, okay? That, that it was because of a man and a woman having a child and that child growing up and then uh, going through uh, you know, a, 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 you know, childhood. Someone had to carry them in their womb for nine months. Uh, you know, uh, as someone had to feed them when they were young. Every one of them, every one of them. Uh, you know, uh, uh, 6,000 years ago, uh, some, uh, they, they, they were still feeding children because children could not, someone had to care for them. Someone had to help them when they got a fever. Someone had to help them when they got a cold. Someone had to, had, had, had to make sure that their cuts and their scrapes were bandaged. Family. Someone, uh, you know, they grew into young adulthood and then they, then, then, then they uh, you know, uh, some, somehow met someone else that had gone through the very same process of life and they had a child. And then someone had to feed them and had to shelter them and had to clothe them and had to care for them and had to raise them and until they got to a place where they met someone and they... And it took that many as well for the person right beside you. And that many as well for the person right beside you. And, 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 behind, and, and, and for all the people you saw at Walmart today. And for all the people that, 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 you know, are for the 7 billion people in the world. So you take whatever that number is times 7 billion Well, that would, that's a little bit off, but that's, you know, not because some people have multiple children, okay? But there will, there will never be another child born in the earth that is not born through that same process. You see, God said to two people 6,000 years ago, this is my will for you, that you have a family. 
And that you raise your family to have families. And that you be fruitful and that you multiply and that you replenish the earth. Then I want you as well to strengthen yourselves because there's going to be some things you have to overcome. Subdue the earth and then you rule it. You rule over the earth and over everything I've created as a family. You see, family, I would argue, is the most important thing to God. Nothing, there is nothing that I, nothing he's revealed to us other than he wants to be a father. And there's nothing he has revealed to us that would even come close to being as important as family to him. And therefore, perhaps we should also do a little home improvement and do like God is doing. He's trying his best to build his family. We perhaps should also Pay attention to build our family. You see, the only thing that God ever wanted to be was a father, and he wants to be your father. And when it's all said and done on planet Earth, the only thing that God will have left for all of his hard work and for all the thousands of years and for all of the billions of people that he's listened to and helped, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, introduced himself to and blessed, the only thing that he will have left for that is family and uh, his family. And uh, the only thing God is working for is family. There is nothing else. Since family is absolutely the most important thing to God, and since he gave his only son on the cross of Calvary in hopes of gaining and building his family, as I said, family must be pretty important. It is God's number one priority. I guess it should be ours. God's spending everything he has on building his family. Perhaps it would not hurt us to spend a little bit of what we have. Time and attention towards building uh, our family, strengthening our family. Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, uh, let's, let's read uh, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 14. Uh, for the, the Apostle Paul is writing here to his friends at the church in Ephesus. And he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he said, uh, I, I, I want you to know why I bow my knees to, to God, to the, to the Father of Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. We have been given a name, a new name. That's what happens when you come into a family. You're given a name. When we come into the family of God, the Bible says there's a name. There's a name that no man can name. This name is even written in our foreheads. We have a name. We have a name that we cannot even pronounce, that we do not even know, that one day we will understand and we will be called by a new name. How amazing is that? It's for this reason. It's so that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, through his spirit in the inner man. You see, it's important to a father that his family is strong, that they have an inner strength, that there's something on the inside of here that stands up in them to teach them to, 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 to stand up with a spiritual strength in their inner man through the spirit of God. Verse 17, that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, 
that you being rooted and grounded in love. You see, it's, it's important to a father that his family be rooted and grounded, that love is what they draw their strength from, that they see us loving, and that they are encouraged, and that the, the, the love of God grows in their heart for others, and, and they see us spending our time, our attention, our energies because we're rooted and grounded in love. And, and, and uh, verse 18, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. Uh, uh, listen, uh, God wants his family to be wise and, and, and understanding. He wants us to, to, to know and to understand. Uh, verse 19, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, this is what God wants for his family in heaven and in earth. The Apostle Paul recognized that we are born again into a family by the will of God. That was, that, that was God's hope, is that not only would we be born in this life to an earthly family, but that we would be born again into an eternal spiritual family, into his family. Being born into a family, that's, that's what the psalmist said whenever he said that, that uh, 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 God sets a solitary in families. And, 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 and if you continue to read in the book of Ephesians, you would get to Ephesians 5th chapter and you would see in verse 21 that, that Paul's hope and his command and his instruction to us would that we would become imitators of our heavenly father as dear children. Understanding that children imitate their parents. And if we're not watchful, our kids will turn out a whole lot like us. Hello? Isn't that a little scary? Yeah. But Paul's admonition was that we would see what God is doing and that we would imitate him because he is our dear father. And we as children would naturally, hopefully, naturally want to imitate him if he is our father. You see, God's working real hard to be a father, and it's not easy. One of the most difficult things, in, well, I, I won't say difficult. One of the saddest things in God's life is when his family won't get along. That was always one of the saddest things in my life is when my kids fussed, fought, didn't like one another, you know? You know what I mean? Now, I can't say it was difficult, but I can say it made me sad. Some respects it was difficult but it was seldom difficult for me to decide which one of them needed to quit picking on the other one right come on I mean those of you that have uh, you know uh, kids that grew up together you know that that uh, if, if, if one of them was picking on the other one and normally there's always one that picks on the other one okay and when one of them was picking on the, or, or, or one of them wasn't being fair or one of them wasn't being forgiven uh, for, forgiving or one of them wasn't being loving or one of them wasn't sharing it was not difficult for me to know which one of them needed to change but it made me sad that that uh, they weren't getting along at that moment Brothers and sisters ought to get along. It's not difficult for God to see which one of his children, you know, might need to change, you know, chill a little, you know, change a little, okay? But it sure creates a sadness in the family whenever, you know, the Baptists and the Catholics won't get along. When the Pentecostals and the Church of Christ won't acknowledge one another. Hello? Yeah, whenever the full gospel think that they're the only one that's full. 
Whenever the spirit field think that nobody else has it. That's, it's not difficult for God to want to look down and say, okay, now come on. Okay. It's sad when his family won't get together or when people come to church and they, you know, they sit on, sit in different sections. Uh, and they're sitting in their own pew, as it were. Oh, that's funny, isn't it? Okay, um, done got close, hadn't I? God expects us to work through things as we expect our, our children and our family. How sad would it be for us to grow old and our children not talk to one another? How sad would that be? Not appreciate one another, even though... Not every child is alike and not every one of them are going to want the same things or believe the same things. In my family, there are four, four of us children. Okay. I credit my mom with being the saint that she was that raised us like we were raised. We have, you know, Assembly of God, Southern Baptist, Church of Christ, you know, my, one of my brother-in-laws is, 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 preaches in the Church of Christ. And, and I'm, I'm just about as radical, you know, tongue-talking, you know, devil-kicking, going to get in your face, you know, kind of guy. And, and yet, you know, in my family, not any of us children have ever had one dispute or one argument about, not just about the Word of God, I don't know. I can't remember. I can remember me pestering my sisters and locking them out of the house until just before my mom got home and then opening it up and running out the back door so they had to clean up. They never would tell on me, though. You know, and I, I was mean. I remember, you know, riding home on the tractor and getting my uh, 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 sister that's just older than me to, to ride with me from school. I drove the tractor back and forth to school, and it didn't have any brakes. And, and, and I thought how funny it'd be for me to jump off that tractor and just leave her on it. And I did. I mean, I was not. I remember my other sister who's a little, uh, much older than me. I, 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 my dad bought a horse for me uh, to, to, to kind of tame and break a little bit. And this was a wild horse. Well, I, I, I saddled that horse up and uh, my, my other sister come out to see that horse. And I said, oh, this is a sweet, gentle horse. Yeah, you ought to get on it and ride the horse. And, and you know, uh, that uh, she was uh, 16, uh, maybe 17 at the time. She's never been on a horse since. She's, uh, she's 68, 69, 68 years old now. That horse, I just, when she jumped, when she gets, got up in that saddle, I said, you got it real good? You got, you got a good hold? Okay. I let the horse go and I whacked him on the rear. I didn't know. I'd never seen this horse before. My daddy just bought him and brought him home. And this horse took off running and we had a five acre pasture fenced in and the horse ran in circles around that whole pasture. It was a, it, it was a, a you know, a, uh, we called him Nightmare, uh, they called her Nightmare, she's solid black, uh, and she just loved to run. And she uh, did that for about, you know, over an hour before my daddy came home. <laughs> With my sister, she's, oh, oh, oh. never been on the horse since. Now, uh, you know, and, uh, and yet we've never had an argument <laughs> or a disagreement. Isn't that, you know, I, I, I was not, you know, the, the, the best of, uh, it was not easy. I was a little energetic. The sister that's just two years older than me, she's probably watching I Love You, Donna. I cut her fingers off when she was a little girl. Yeah. This one on the right hand. This one. 
and threw the bone on this one, this one off, this one threw the bone, this one pretty bad. She saved her lunch money all the school time until she graduated. She saved it and, 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 and wouldn't do anything extra and sometimes wouldn't even eat lunch. She saved it just in case I needed an extra 50 cents or a dollar during the week. And she'd give it to me. They still treat me that way. You know? And I'm telling you, it's family. Family. Family is, was bigger than, than, than my fundy antics that weren't real funny to anybody but me. You know, family was bigger than, you know, me potentially harming them for life. You know, uh, family. There are seven truths that I'm going to tell you really quickly to building better families. These truths, seven truths. This truth is that family is the best thing that God ever ordained. Just decide. Family is the best thing you're ever going to have. Family is the best thing you're ever going to get. And family, you know, is, you know, uh, if you have the opportunity, work on the one you got. Number two, family is a decision. It's a decision. Whether you're going to fit in the family structure, whether you're going to be involved, whether you're going to support the family ideals, whether you're going to love, whether you're going to forgive, whether you're going to champion the family, it's family. Almost nothing happens to any of my siblings that all of us don't show up. Even though we don't see one another much, but let something happen. Let my brother get, get a retirement, us get wind that he was having his last Sunday at the church, Southern Baptist Church over in Houston. You know what? I showed up over there. They didn't know I was showing up. You know what? Both my sisters showed up. You know, and we were all, we went to, all, all went to the church and showed up. I mean, you know, it's family. Family's a decision. You're only issued one. They may not be perfect, but you're stuck with them. Make the best of it. Family takes work. Okay? Family takes work. Show up. Participate. It's going to require time. It's going to require attention. It's going to require activity. It's going to require effort. Family is work. It takes work. Number four, family is designed and family is intended to last forever. Just believe it. Okay? Family is the only security you have, the family of God. It's really, uh, you know, when we're born again, when we die. When we're born... Family's our only security. You know, you don't, you don't get born without security of family. You don't get raised without somebody caring for you. It may or may not be biological, but it is family. And hopefully you don't die without family, especially without being in the family of God. Number five, family relationships will be tested. Just, just, just go ahead and accept that. Just, just go ahead. Just, just realize Family's going to be tested, okay? There are, there are rights and rules and roles and responsibilities, and they will be tested. Number six, family can be broken. It can be. A lot of tough things out in this world. A lot of situations where families can't or don't take care of family for a lot of reasons. Family can be broken. But the devil cannot divide a family unless he can get at least one 
family member to work with him. There must be order in the house for the house. If it's divided, Jesus said it cannot stand. Don't work with the devil to divide family. Your family or anyone else's. And number seven, family can be fixed. Family can be fixed. But you're going to have to get closer to change anything. You're going to have to be willing to get closer. You know, you have family rights, you have reasons to be family, and you have responsibilities. Uh, I'm just going to ask you to please participate in family. Okay. Family can be fixed.